Hello, welcome to Smiley's. Tonight we're doing a discussion of chapters 15 and 16, right? Yeah. Of Forge yeah. of Darkness by Stephen Erickson. Here, yes. Forge of Darkness. Yeah. So, since we actually did it last time, we remembered uh, this is spoilers all, which means every book, every book in the Malazan Mythos, which includes both Kirkana's books. So, we're going to be spoiling Fall of Light and the rest of Forge of Darkness. So, if you're spoiler averse, this is your video stop. Thank you for watching. If, no, if you're spoiler, read the rest of the books, or if you're not, Micro please keep going. <laughs> and uh, so, hello, Mora. Hi, Lee. No, I just want to say that if you're spoiler averse, why? Why bother being yeah, why, spoiler why, averse for why? a book like Karkanas? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, so, chapter 15. How was your experience? Mine was pretty bad, as okay. we know from the last recording. Yeah, it was so, not fun. Mm, um. So chapter 15, the first time, like, we talked about this in the main recording, but in the first episode, the first time, what the fuck, the first time I read it, yeah. there was that time, you know, that feeling of dread, of impending dread, and which was the inverse here, because on 14, it's like, oh, fuck, um, yeah. that happened, and 15 is the dread, and now it was the inverse. I knew it was coming in 14, I was reading the whole chapter, and here, I was like, okay, whatever, catharsis at the end, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> and I could actually read the chapter for itself, and it's a really good chapter, who knew? Yeah. What I did miss that you brought up because I completely missed it completely is that um the discussion between Cedarpool, Rise, and the others is actually a flashback. I didn't notice. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, it's um, always on the tower. That? Rise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know something? Yeah. Rise always rises to the tower. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, other than that, and he walks in shadows. He just says uh, he's going to. I don't believe him. Oh, Unreliable really? narrative. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. 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 Probably. Um. Other than that, yeah, I think. Well, I don't, I don't think you need me to tell you that the banter between Silgas and uh, Skara is hilarious and Skara. excellent. It just deserves to be read again and again. Uh, poor Duelist. And 16 has to drag I it, think which if I don't have to summarize like, them. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. jealous of Tulas. You know, maybe they're just jealous of him. Kagamata Tulas might be like a chick magnet or something. And these guys maybe. are like, yeah, they feel threatened. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I'm we sure. Know, we know, know how because no, no, nobody would lie with Skara Banderas or Silgas or never. What's your hashtag? Uh, not my captain. <laughs> not my captain. It's like, you know, not my hiking, not my captain, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually like not my blood eye because captain can be any yeah. captain. Captain Hout. Yeah. There's only one blood I mean, eye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we should probably do a quick recap of the chapters. So in case you didn't know, uh, chapter 15 is, do you want to do the honors? <laughs> chapter 15 is Rake fighting with, throwing a tantrum at Mother Dark and getting the Husk Sword. Then Rise and Sidorpul and Emerald, uh, what, bickering among themselves. We get a creation myth that the first heroes have drank Tiam's blood long, long, long ago. And we get the Jelek will be given to Tulas, which we have seen Tulas being, what do you call? The master uh, of the hounds. Reunited with one of the hounds of shadows and they seem to have a special bond and all that. So it's leading there. And another thing we see is Grizzle uh, is present during the scene of Kadaspala and Rake and all of them at NSTS death site. And most importantly, the most importantly we see. Okay, before that, <laughs> Grip and Hish have a thing going. It, it started here. Uh, the the main crux of the chapter though is Anderis embracing grief and Rake embracing vengeance. So it took way longer than three sentences, you know. I usually do three sentences and this took way longer. Yeah, I can't but really you do it. Tell me chapter 16? It's pretty long. <laughs> yeah, um, not, not 15 because... It's structured that way. 16? Can it's you do... difficult to summarize in three chapters, but I'll try. Um, so, 
basically, you have Arathan and Coria separately riding slash walking, depending on your interpretation. You know, one's walking, the other's riding, of course, obviously. Oh god, oh god, see, you already failed the challenge. Um, no, no, I mean, it's still one don't. sentence. Yeah. Are, are riding slash walking to the Lord of Hate, period. Um, along the way, <laughs> they meet different uh, people with whom their companions slash masters are acquainted with. Kilmandaros and Barandas. And so, uh, in the meantime, and... <laughs> in the meantime Arastas has killed another dude and is making his tiles. Yeah. And yeah, I've lost a challenge by now. I'm going to keep going. Um, <laughs> and we get basically a long ride through the ruins of uh, Jagged Civilization. A lot of monologuing, a lot of dialoguing, a lot of Jagged humor, and uh, Gothos, which is... And Hood. You know. And no, Hood. I, I was, yeah, we also get Hood. I was much more impressed with Hood than Gothos, no? In this first visit in Karkanas. I don't know. Hood was much more impressive because... Uh, no? Don't you think so? Because he just says that he's going to fight against the silence. Which yeah, is, yeah. Yeah, it just stopped me. Yeah. So, um, that's I, basically no, 16. And then I stopped you. The chapter yeah. ends with Arathan and Coria meeting. And um, for a chapter that's like 55 pages long, not very much yeah. actually happens in it. <laughs> like 15 has actual things going on. 16 is just like they're writing and or walking. And they're fighting different people to talk with along the way. No, but we get very two very important things here. Two or three very important things in 16. One, we get to know that Erastus is becoming the master of tiles. Second, we have the Terundai, Terra, whatever, that thing is now in the picture. And third is who has decided to fight death. So mm-hmm. huge events are happening. But those are like one sentence or one phrase each. The rest is, you know, there's a lot of build up to all these things. So, right? So, that's the chapter. So, we can actually discuss, discuss uh, to start discussing now. Beyond, you know, hashtag not my captain. Because he's not my captain. We've already gone over this. <laughs> so, I think my first question for you is, yeah. uh, would you smoke those Ilbara leaves? It depends. Not either fermented for a few <laughs> centuries on leaf, then probably not. But otherwise, maybe. <clears throat> I think if I was as tired as her, I would probably do it. Why not? I, I think if I had to put up with the Jagger, I'd definitely do it. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, <laughs> so right, and uh, we have decided this right. Like Ericsson probably made a mistake with verandas, and that's the only reason you know it comes back okay. as a self-referential joke in Fall of Light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So unless you know it was like a double blind, and he was. I don't. I don't think it's meant to be intentional. I don't think so too. <laughs> it seems a bit, you know, off, but you know, it's actually pretty cool. But you know what? We get like fourteen jagged. 15 jagged in the whole book of the fallen among 10 books and there's probably like two female jaggets we see that aramala huntress then oh, there's aramala there's the huntress there's phyllis there's ganath, um, ganath yeah ganath you. and verandas not many That's five. less than 50 percent yeah and you know we get this huge one and there is no scope for what you call ambiguity here because he shows up naked Sort of naked is like his lower <laughs> half of his bangs was hanging out, which is just, um, if it's meant to be symbolic, I'm not picking it up. So I'm just going to say it's just eccentricity to a dragon. Just I think really, it's just they're not bothered about such things. Like they've given up civilization. Why would they bother about clothes and, you know? True enough. And he has like battle scars. So Varandas is not like some silly old dude just hanging around naked or something. He's he's a warrior, right? He's yeah, I mean, done his share of fighting. Yeah. And here we start seeing the conflict, right? Between the dog runners and the, like the proto-Imas and the proto-Jagat. Mm-hmm. This is where the conflict is beginning. Because some of the, some people like Raist have probably started 
their tyranny already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Olar told us this earlier, but yes, like we have confirmation now from Dragonus. Olar Ethel. Okay. Which, okay, she might yeah, be lying, yeah. but you know, Dragonus believes her. So. And Dragonus is the smartest, charest. I'm not going to Goodest. question yeah. Draconis yeah. in this matter, since he eventually <laughs> does prove to be right. So, you know, maybe even if he's wrong, a broken clock yeah. and all. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, one thing. Now, how is the four crew Lassil involved in this Jagat Imas conflict? What is their role? No? There they don't have a role. Really but one? There isn't. But why does Kilimandra say something like, I would whisper things in my children's ears and, you know, make them fight. Yeah, so I can go things. kill the fucking Limas. That's what they do, right? Whenever they would come upon, like, a Tlan, Mas, and um, Jagged fighting, they would adjudicate the situation, which was akin to killing both parties. So Both sides. That's okay. basically what yeah, the Forkul yeah. did. And that's what they try. Right. They almost do in a sale, too. It's like, we can kill all of you and be done with it. It'll be simpler. Yeah. Just imagine if law worked like that, like, court systems worked like that. <laughs> you accuse someone. And isn't that don't we get such jokes in like Malikwil's uh, empire that if yeah, two neighbors have yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like some magistrate from another part something. of the empire, yeah, yeah. so just burn yeah. the whole thing down and like move them apart the exile halfway across the something like salt the ground and then ch- chase both of them away, right? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Like when so, two, so you know, like two idiots mean... ended up living against one another, and uh, now we're in the situation. <laughs> yes, go on. No, does it mean like the Malasan Empire is going slowly towards the Forukal? type of justice system like this Malazan laws Malazan what is it what is your favorite quote Malazan justice and Malazan justice or something mm, you're trying so hard to resist but you know that yeah, I don't uh, like uh, it's I don't know it's Look, I asked Steve I asked Steve about this about like okay. one particular aspect of Malazan law and he basically told me that no that's stupid the question is more general than that no so but maybe. you asked and that's as no, far as I'm going to go into no, this no. Your question, Maybe. to be fair, Maybe. you wanted... <laughs> you're not going to let me ask that. <laughs> Fine, we'll forget it. It's not a discussion. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I've read Witness like a year ago. I don't remember shit. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Not that. The question you asked Steve was something like, will Lassine be prosecuted, like posthumous prosecution or something? Wasn't that the question? Yeah. Because yes. uh, I think Spindle, Spindle is the guy, right? Who's the one who shows up in... Yeah, yeah, Spindle, yeah, Spindle, right? So Spindle is the one who says that posthumous, they have all this, uh, you know, they're able to do retrograde justice. Yeah, and I don't yeah, know why you wanted like Lassine to be prosecuted or something. Because you know it's like Malik's vengeance, right? If I took your empire and then I convicted you as murderers in said empire. Be, I don't know, that'd be like cool, but that's not what Malik's trying to do. We got off track. The point is maybe I don't know, maybe. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's what. So we have decided that the Forul can may or may not have a role with the impending Imas and Jagat conflict. So, mm-hmm. let's keep it there. Who was Kilimandar was fighting when she came? Mm, no her? idea. No <laughs> Why was it like such a big deal? Like she was walking through thunder, smashing down towers and all that and was she just angry with Grizzin, maybe? Presumably. I mean, we've seen Kilimandar do the same thing in like Reaper's Gale, right? When she gets based, she just like starts beating the shit out of things. No, but there were like dragons there. They deserved all that. No, 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 no. no. I'm oh, not disputing that. Right. Here there was nothing. Just that. <laughs> <laughs> they probably looked at her funny and you know it's not probably. correct they can't yeah so, yeah so I don't know It's if it is in the books I don't remember if it isn't shrug because the whole thing I don't I don't understand like all of a sudden Verandas has a huge hole in his backyard and you said that it is somehow connected to the house which they see mm-hmm. uh, the, the one Erastus collapses like he throws mm-hmm. half a mountain over it or something mm-hmm. I, I really don't know Do it, does it come back like in the next chapter or so 
Like the search and the rest is crawled. No. Read that far. No, I mean, Rust doesn't search leave and they don't appear again, Grokanas. So. Is this it? Yeah. Really? They leave for the High Kingdom and they don't appear again. They'll presumably walk in shadow when we actually get to see the High Kingdom. That is so good. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Maybe Arrestus is the one who nudges the hiking to start, uh, that start would bothering be the really, and the jagged. I think that would honestly be a bit like disappointing. Like if I just, oh, Arrestus is behind Cal or two. I don't know. I wouldn't like that. You wouldn't. I, I, I would like that, yeah. Because we already see that uh, Arrestus thinks that Draconos and Krull might join hands and come and persecute him. So instead of him, what if they target Calor thinking that Calor is behind everything, though actually Arrestus was the one behind the scenes. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, not convinced. I mean, the timeline's already fucked enough as this, <laughs> right? Because who cares about the timeline? Yeah, not gonna bother with it. Yeah, it just things happen as they do. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's about it for Rastas. Um. So yeah, I think because they talk about like a bit of humorous sense, like they stare into the the hole. Like, where does this go? I have no idea. Okay. Well, and then like yeah, uh, they the very next scene yeah. is like yeah, they study some more. And then the very next scene is like, so Rastas, where did this earth come from? No, I have no idea. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah I mean, I imagine they would open a portal and then throw a hill onto it, maybe. So now, let's talk about some hard stuff, and then we can go back to some fun stuff. Ooh. The the parallels between Anistia's death and Karish's death, mm-hmm. and who is being wielded as a weapon as a direct result of these deaths. Mm-hmm. Anistia's transforms Rake into this sword of vengeance, and here with Karish, Draconus wants to be there, but who doesn't allow it, right? Yeah, he's slammed down. Yeah, I mean... And Draconis actually shits down for once. In a sense, Jagat have a much better way of expressing their arguments than, say, Anders. You know, they're both leaving... What sort of argument would they need? Whatever Rick argument just, who'd use Rick the just dropped his brother, you know, crying over the body of that woman, like saying, please stay with me and don't go seeking vengeance with my name. I need you. He's like, no, I'm going to go out and then I'm going to fucking like, kill some fools. It's not so about arguments. It's about Rick being an asshole. his grief. Yeah, that's that's Rick's being it's not. I mean, it's Rake's way of dealing with his grief. Like he's already had a run-in with his mother, who is not allowing him to do anything. At least he got a chance to be useful. I wouldn't really blame him that much for this. For this I would. Reaction. I do, and I will. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> is it an understandable yeah, reaction? I, yes. Is it? Does he still bear guilt for it? Yes. Is he still a dick over it? Yes. No, I think we already said this before, but. I don't disagree with you, but I find the notion disagreeable. Notion disagreeable, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, so if you think a bit more holistically about the whole thing, what does Rake taking up arms to go, you know, find and um, punish? I guess the slayers of Anesti actually do. I think he mopes around, as far as I remember. He meets Caledon so, Brood and they drink wine and do yeah, nothing. So, and they meet Orphantel somewhere in between. So Mother Dark asks him. Renek. Sorry, Renek. 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 Okay. Uh, so Mother Dark asks him not to take up arms in her name. And he's like, okay, fine, I won't. And then Anderus asks him to do the same by naming his sword grief. Like, no, no, I'm going to need vengeance and I'm going to go kill fools because, you know. Yeah. And then he goes off yeah. into the woods to find, like, um, Canada to make an Am I the Asshole post. Like, Am I the Asshole for not letting my brother at night? Like, okay, cool. Um, but yeah. what if instead Anamander did as Mother Dark asked him to and didn't actually take up arms at all? And instead sought peace by, you know, making the necessary arrangements with the people in charge because no one apparently in Girl Galen knows what communication is and no one actually wants to talk to one another instead of just, oh, excuse me, more people are excuse dead me. now. Yeah, yes. What are these arrangements you're talking about? Don't use vague terms like that. What was Rake supposed to do? What do you think is the necessary step to ensure that there is okay. peace? If, if you're going to go and say, oh, there's hundreds behind us, but I'm not going to go tell them anything. 
or asks him like what the fuck are you doing and the only person actually culpable for the whole thing is Raul and when like Selgas talks to Skara who's who's troop actually did the whole thing like oh yeah I'm gonna go and find them bye now like okay Skara actually goes on to find them and like you know do things but they could have followed through and made actual arrangements by saying hi your soldiers did this please bring them to justice actually though before a war starts please yeah but who would pass these judgments why who? would we need to pass judgments like say okay so rake finds out that it is kara's troop who is doing all this what would he do would he go and sub- he supposed to like kill all the soldiers imprison them send them back he to know, the region okay. disband them yeah sure why not uh, no 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 that is not the answer that's what i'm asking there is no concrete way of finding peace the way the uh, mother dark expects is to just you know ignore everything no whatever happens no 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 needs to be it's not one then ignore everything it's the wound needs to be created okay but the point is if you just let the whole thing fester and people are going to die and if the whole thing is oh i'm just going to let everyone die and then eventually there'll be peace no that's like kalashkov's interpretation of you know in darkness there is peace in darkness we can get on with things what darkness is saying is please find a way to bring peace without drawing a weapon by being an adult by talking to people by making arrangements like find your sander talk to him like say oh by the way this guy is committing horrible atrocities in your name oh you know can, that's cool can you do can something I, about it can i say that mother yes. dark was i think best described by emrel as an idealistic <laughs> idealistic romantic woman because that's what she is asking find peace somehow or the other just don't use weapons how would law work without the threat of violence without oppression is that what the discussion we're going to have now like threat of violence and what not it's not about the I'm threat of violence that, it's about averting what, civil war no see i i sound like a legion apologist now but the thing is yeah. you need some degree of violence to ensure peace there's no going around it okay. there's no getting around it like if you stop imprisoning sure. people do you think crime will fall it won't violence has in any sort of violence i'm not I saying that i think we are going from like doing absolutely nothing to oh we're just going to let them go no i'm not saying we should just let them go but we should do actually do something beyond i'm just going to go start killing them alone so, and then mope in the forest while my brother dies and grieves about it like can we like talk this out with the actual responsible parties because what everyone does is like after this sharinas and rides to kirkana and says okay by the way um guys we're not responsible for this bye and then skara goes to vanish too is like you guys are did bad things you guys are terrible i'm leaving now by like no one is actually taking responsibility nobody nobody's seeking to meet out responsibility no one is seeking to meet out blame and no one is actually taking on responsibility and the only person who actually has responsibility isn't doing shit about it because on the one hand you have a sander who is somewhat responsible because it's his soldiers doing it who isn't doing anything and the other person the troll who is like behind the whole thing so of course you would be okay with it and rather than you know seek those people out and say what the fuck is up guys going to be like fix this like oh no i'm just going to you know We have a three-way religious war now, I guess. Maybe okay, that's cool. At least at least I can draw a weapon now and not feel bad about it. Which I mean, he has a new shiny husk sword. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Sick. Right. So yeah, that that's fine. That's fair. But Which, I would you know, since you brought up Karish, because... right? Let's talk what does yeah, could yeah. do. He doesn't go to Dracon and say no. I'm bye. Like, yo, yeah, my wife's dead. I'm going to go wage a war on death now. Bye. No, it is Hood's reaction and Anderis' uh, reaction are exactly the same. Because Anderis doesn't blame just the hand which murdered Anestia. Anderis mm-hmm. blames, like, the, the entire thing, right? It could be anything. It could be just mm-hmm. battle lust. It could, just, it could be some childhood traumas and so many other reasons. And Hood also doesn't hold 
the the murderer culpable right he doesn't care someone murdered someone mm-hmm. it doesn't matter but why am i left with this silence that's all he wants to fight against right they have the mm-hmm. exact same reaction it's just i think andrews is too young and who is old enough and mature enough and smart enough to handle grief in this type of are, way are we victim blaming right now we are not victim blaming we're just saying are different reactions saying... of grief are, are not these are all normal reactions to grief and i'm just saying that who'd handled it in a way which is consistent with someone who is that old stop giving I me judgment <laughs> no 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 like what i mean is this isn't about hood and andrus this is about rake and draconis and one no, of them like i am talking about these two people there. i'm talking about yeah. the way these two guys handled the death of the love of their lives right they both have the same reaction but who goes one step further like somehow he's able to convince draconis and i think it's more to do with draconis and rake than with them he's a, yeah he's able to convince draconis by telling him to fuck off he straight up yeah. tells him to fuck off don't take up, yeah. up arms in my name because you don't have the right to do so you and neither does anamander you know what is the difference between these two kadas draconis is like eons old wait Please okay, wait. Yeah, right. Am I also being? <laughs> okay, you know, you you're like <laughs> I'm not being ageist here. <laughs> is it where the argument is going? Sorry, I didn't notice. So the thing is, Kadaspala blames Rake for Anastasia's death because he was not there. Mm-hmm. Here, mm-hmm. Draconis is directly culpable. He was the reason yes. why this happened, right? But still, Draconis decides that let let me not do anything about it. Let me just sit down. And Rake, though he is not responsible, he decides to take it upon himself and take revenge. So. I think that's a big difference. Rake doesn't want the, you know, suspicion on him probably. That's why he's overreacting. No? Does it make sense? I don't I I mean I agree, but that doesn't change. I you know, I don't disagree, but I find the notion disagreeable. No. <laughs> <clears throat> right. So, uh, anything else do you want to talk about the how can we live in a society of only high bonds? Mm. So, you know, I mean, just go it's back to the book chapter 15 and read it. Um because <clears throat> I think Hish lays it out pretty well. I don't think her conclusion's correct. We went over this on the like the summary episode. You disagree with me somewhat. Yeah. I don't think Hish is correct in what she says. I think the person who actually comes close to like the proper I guess manner of seeing this is Kadaspala. But mm-hmm. obviously Kadaspala isn't available anymore. So no, Hish, I I just want to correct uh, yeah. you in one thing that there are no yes. correct ways of looking at these things. They just align with your views. Can can we be clear on that? Okay. Is there an objective correct way to do something? I think the objective correct way is like the humanistic way of not, you know, having oh yeah, by the way, these people are going to be like trash of society. They're going to be outcasts, but you know, it's okay no, no, because no. all I'm saying make... is she's yes. aware of her privilege, she's victim of that system mm-hmm. and she doesn't, and she know, doesn't know what to change. do about it. She's yeah. It's not about wanting to change. She doesn't know what mm-hmm. to do next, right? She's already bridging the gap by getting together with grip right right be... right right which of course compared to someone like actually going out and living with these people is you know it's a start i guess it's what people it's call a start. like um, that's what i'm saying so you I can't say it's... that she is wrong and kadaspala is right because he mingled ah, with the denies <laughs> it's literally it's, it's not, like it is not an objective ordering, truth that's all i'm trying to say here ordering on virtue signaling is the problem it's like who um, is kadaspala the virtue signaler by being white knighting the deniers in their huts is kadaspala the virtue signaler by actually going and living with these people and like what was his motive in living with them? with them do we know he's just in, interested in the art does he even is he even interested in them as people yeah. he just wants to see their beat work the maybe why oh, is yeah, it the I mean, point certainly no seriously he, is he looking at them as people or is he just looking at them as one way for him to indulge in his artistic whatever i don't think kadaspala cares about the artistic thing i think he views the argument holistically 
art is just a conduit for him to engage with life. No, I'm just, I'm just making arguments reality. here. All I'm saying is he has a way of dealing with this. Hish yes. has made a start and she has a different way of dealing Hish with this. Hish has accepted, oh, I'm so helpless. Woe is me. Oh, look at that money I have. Oh, never mind. It's fine. Whatever. Let's let these people die. It's not not my fault. fair. So not fair. Not yes. fair. Really. Okay. You are being extremely unfair with someone who is actually trying to make changes. Yeah, and you know, I guess I am. Are, are you gatekeeping humanism? Like, <laughs> unless you're all in, unless you can do everything you could, you can possibly do. Then get out of the fucking way. How is she in that the way? That the is the main argument I've, he- I've heard from this, from people. Oh, God. Well, um... Following some extensive technical issues and some extensive argumentative issues, we have decided to drop the <laughs> double. Yeah. So, so, for all purposes, we are dis- we have agreed to disagree on um, Hishtula and Kalaspala's treatment of poor Galen's class society. Pending yeah. research, because not this is particularly qualified to talk about it, and it's basically just talking above one another. So, yeah. So, what are the interesting aside, topic do you want to talk about next? The cones and hood. Um, God, I don't know. There's a lot of shit. Um. <laughs> okay. Look. Uh, what do you think of? Uh, oh my God! I think we're done then because we stopped arguing. It's like the jagged. No, it, Once they finish their arguments, yeah. they have nothing else to talk about. They so. have no idea. I'm done. No. Um. So one thing we tangentially touched upon on the main re- on the other recording was the relationship between hold styles, warrants, stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So. We know from Fall of Light that Cruel embarks on a quest slash journey to create his warrants and to anchor them with Lint. So yeah. it kind of depends on how you define what a warrant is. Like is a warrant um, a realm slash thing of sorcery which is angered by some dragon and has aspected to it thereby? Or is a warrant simply the magic that stems from Cruel's blood? Mm-hmm. And uh, so if it's the former, then holds did indeed probably or either the tiles who haven't actually seen holds be created per se but tiles did indeed proceed um formation of the warrants but if it's the latter then the warrants pre-existed the tiles and so holds kind of slot in somewhere weirdly because if warrants exist already and we don't have a reason to have like something more you know crap right <laughs> If sorcery that we can access is already refined to the point of a warrant of like, okay, everyone who's capable can access this. It's not very dangerous to the user. It's powerful enough on its own. We don't need to go back to like, you know, two generations ago where <laughs> it might blow up in your face if you fuck up. No, it's like, so I've not thought this deeply about war and magic and all that, but I'll just tell you the way I've understood it. Oh, you have, you have. Let me just tell you about how I have understood it. So mm-hmm. magic exists in this world. And Asatanae are the only ones who can use it. These magics are unaspected. They're just like floating around in the universe. And they can mm-hmm. access it whenever they want. And it's all, you know, sort of like the Imas working with stone tool. They're all unrefined. But these are the only ones who can actually use it. So that's usable magic, only limited to the Asatanae. What Krul has done mm-hmm. is the way, for some reason, I keep thinking that it is like his own blood vessels, which form like each warren. Because that's a, I have a very distinct image from my first read that, you know, it's his own, like his own body and his own, the flow of his own blood, which forms all the warrants. So, so I thought that the flow is like within the body. It's not like bleeding outside or something. So regardless, Krul has somehow organized the wandering holds magic into stable, steady houses and warrants, right? So that's what he has done. Mm-hmm. 
and still hold uh, these guys are still using holds because azathan i can use it easily and that's why arrestus is pissed because warrants can be used by people like the taist now and so what arrestus does with the taist is he is trying to impose order using someone else's blood on the same magic system he's trying to be like a rival to krul i i'm saying very obvious things it doesn't matter i'm just going to say it so that's what oh, he's trying no. to do and because krul then decides that he needs dragons to you know to further solidify this so that basically warrants and all all these things are like against chaos if there is no aspect if there is nothing then all these warrants will slowly dissolve into chaos because what i understand is chaos is a thing which exists in between all the warrants so that's why he needs to find a lane and have them guard it have them control it and keep it safe so mm-hmm. so that's why hold magic might predate uh warrant magic by many by eons probably but the only difference right. is after krill <laughs> created the warrants only then arrestus decides that he needs tiles so tiles came only then right mm-hmm. this is what Sounds i wanted yeah so um obviously paul applied goes to the point deeper depth about this um okay. but the problem is that neither of us remembers so i i'm inclined to agree with the explanation we will leave well i will leave a link to a particularly interesting essay by some fellow who doesn't remember i think it's alejandro or something i think he's like an actual oh. academic so he's much more qualified okay. than us. um so we'll leave a link to that if i remember hopefully and um because that will have more information much more succinctly put more condensed than we either of us could say because we don't remember okay But as far as Forge of Darkness, as far as like this chapter of Forge of Darkness is concerned, this is what we understand. So I'm fairly inclined to agree. Okay, that's good. So some, we found something to agree upon. Good. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so right, Halloween. that was Krulls. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to add? Disagree about the chapter. Oh boy. Um, what else did we disagree? I, I don't think so. I mean, we could talk about for hours about like Rysarad and Emeril and how that speaks to the character and how they. interact with one another but the difference i think the stark difference between someone like emerald and rise compared to others like cedarpool or centara is uh what you know what galan has brought up before it's conviction yeah, yeah. there's nothing more terrible than conviction because like sagander who is uh anchor has anchored his convictions and nothing can move him legs or no legs Yeah. Uh the same is more or less true of Sindara who is vain. She is her fate is easily assailed. They call her venal. I'm not sure if I agree with that assessment, but whatever. She is easily seduced by power at any rate. Um yeah. whereas someone like Emerald who's not only old and as we've already established Coral Galen has a uh, a bias against wrinkles. Yeah. <laughs> They're ageist. Um but also as Harat who has, you know, he is a student of history but not in the traditional sense. History is in every moment it's not just a vague sense of oh yeah past lessons unheeded no they're going to mock those past lessons because the, because they weren't heeded because no one listened because no one cared um and so i think it's contemplation of suicide and like okay i'm just going to go you know if i'm if i'm going to jump off i'm just going to jump off into the river because i don't want my life my you know my life to be like an unheeded lesson just jump in take me away i'm just going to be like inconsequential meaningless <laughs> which is yeah rise is like pretty that are I don't know if he's depressed per se, but that is a very nihilistic approach. I think of you know, I don't yeah. think life has inherent meaning. I don't, I don't view people as like individuals, but like how meaningless their lives are. Like, goddamn, dude. No, actually, um, these things it makes me want to read up on like real historians, like our world historians. There mm-hmm. must have been some inspirations to write these characters, right? Like, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I have no idea. I've never read about any like proper historian or anything. But now I feel like I want to look up. Coral Glen is interesting in that regard, in that like the historians of the realm are not 
like Duker, right, who's an imperial historian. They're not um, aligned with the realm per se, so they have more free reign on what to say and what to do. Or maybe but, they are the ones we are interested in. We are looking at them because they're not. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, but they exist, and they're not persecuted like a Boric is, yeah. for instance, right? Like <laughs> if Rise was in, you know, Mountain Empire, he probably get thrown to jail. Um, <laughs> no, I think Rise and Kelnur would have a lot in common. Because, no? I mean, maybe. Actually, actually, maybe. I don't think Rise would have, like, objected to Kellenwood trying to change his age and all that. As I said, fine. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would have given a shit about historical accuracy and all that. Unlike Heboric. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, up. he does say he does, say he does right? Like, um, he doesn't care about the details. He cares about the broad strokes. Yeah, yeah. About the yeah, oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. That's a nice, huge monologue like that. Correct, yeah. So, <laughs> an emerald... Boy, uh, we've already gone over when Trist also tells her to not share her diva secrets. What was Rachel, the secret? I think you told me it was something like uh, she. I think she loses her faith at the end. It's like okay. she Crisis. plots with Centara and Rise to remove Draconis and basically turn on a manager against Draconis, which fails. Oh, okay, yeah, not yeah, exactly. yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. And then you know she goes to Mother Dark and says, "Well, you abandoned us." I'm like, "No shit, I abandoned you, idiots." Um, <laughs> Well, no, she says, like, when I was uh, calling you children, I was not being... Con- um, it was not a... Yeah. It was not a compliment. There is a reason why I call you children. I named you children. Yeah, yeah. I was not being complimentary. But um, that's just... So, yeah. As for Cedar Paul, we already went over how he's, like, just basically pretty shallow. He has a lot of convictions. A lot of, um, you know, we must stand against these who played strong. Like, okay, but it's too late. Okay, we're just going to, like, endlessly escalate into a realm of the Civil War where... Which is exactly what happens, by the way. It's like what ends up happening is because sorcery gets into play and like yeah. Cedar Pool and then just have sorcery and then like Conrad has sorcery and then they just annihilate one another. Uh, and uh, interestingly enough, the only person the only person who puts an end to this collection is an Amander because Kaladin's like, well, I could, annihilate, I could annihilate all of these, but if I do, Trace is going to show up and annihilate all of us. Like, yeah, do you want oh. me to? Like, no, it's fine. So yeah, eventually an Amander goes wise. Congratulations, brother. Uh, but Cedarpool doesn't. I don't even remember Cedarpool lives at the end of Fall of Light. But the point is, like, he preaches escalation of, you know, we're just going to fight them on, on our own terms. But that's going to keep escalating the situation. He'll keep getting worse and people keep dying. And, like, okay, well, too little too late by now, brother. Uh, and then you have Endest, who isn't that important yet. Yeah. But he does eventually, you know, get start getting visions from Anesdia. He starts bleeding and, like, oh, yeah, Mother Dark sees through him. True, true. And all of that, which I have no idea what that is about. I don't remember. Find out, yeah. This time you have a physical Uh, copy of Fall of Light, right? You're not doing the audiobook again. You can't say it behind me. No, no, you're not going to do the audiobook. No, no, I'm not going to do the audio. I might do it for some some scenes because, like, some scenes are interesting. Like, you know, the the end of Fall of Light. I know it's, yeah. Or oh, Hanako, yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, you said the way it uh, said? I have to listen to that, yeah. Oh, Hanako. Yeah. <laughs> Hanako of the scars. I do not know what the fuck Hanako's point is, by the way. I do not know what like any of that is about. <laughs> like, I guess the overarching theme is love, but no clue. We'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. It's not really relevant to the situation now. Uh, but other than that, God. I mean, Cory exists. <laughs> Korea. Just all, literally, literally all of Korea can just be summed up as like she exists, and then like you can just say so much more about her. Yeah, but I don't remember much about what happens later on. It's sort of she is something with the dog runners. She she meets a boy, yeah, and then ignores Arathen. And so that's basically, Korea's entire arc in Garkanas is just like getting to the Lord of Hades and just staying there, which incidentally is the same. The same is true of Arathen. Yeah, and uh, obviously they're paralleling one. They're paralleling one another. Uh, it's pretty obvious, but 
their arc just kind of abruptly stops there. It's like, okay, they got to the dragon encampment where Hood is going to wage war on death and then just stops. They go nowhere. Yeah. Like, they visit a south house, they talk and think a lot, they like interact with all the different people who are there, but they don't go anywhere. We'll find out. Uh, we'll, we'll still have yeah, this. we'll find out. Yeah. Other than that, I don't. Nothing else comes to mind immediately. I mean, there's a lot more, but they don't come to mind immediately. So. Yeah. I mean, we took one hour per chapter for this week, so I don't think yeah, we have we much did. left over here. <laughs> they are long chapters, to be fair. Yeah. And uh, I could just go on here telling you about how hilarious the dragon are, but you know that much. You know. And oh, right, there was something I wanted to bring up, but I forgot. Oh, it? it's a bit late now. Um, so oh, that's fine. Two seconds. Yeah. So, sure. um, at some point, um, when Howard is up on the roof. Because Baroness bored him to death, right? Yeah. And um and whatnot. He brings up um he brings up anarchy versus civilization. Oh yeah. And how yeah. the dragon folk yeah. out of yeah. his way. Yeah. And um hang on, I want to find a quote because this is pretty interesting for me. It was, it was interesting. Uh crap, where's it? Hold up. God damn it. Yeah, there it is. So So Baroness speaks. Uh we a the dragon were convinced of the inherent madness of codified iniquity. Uh all cooperation involves some measure of surrender and coercion, which is what Cash said. Who's Cash? Cash. Sorry. Cash. No, no, Cash. Only shorten it. Cash is fine. Plus, yeah, here. Yeah, but the alternative, being anarchy, is it's, is itself no worthy virtue. It is but an excuse for self-aggression, and all that seeks justification from taking that stance is, each and every time, cold-hearted. Anarchists live in fear and long for death, because they despair of seeing in others the very virtues they lack in themselves. In that manner, they take pleasure in sowing destruction, if only to match their inner landscape of ruin. We rejected civilization, but so too we rejected anarchy for its petty belligerence and the weakness of thought it announced. By these decisions, we made ourselves lost and bereft of purpose. Yeah. What I want to talk about quote. here is, it is a great quote, but I have seen more than one post on the sub about Erickson not understanding what anarchy is. Um... Varandus is not referring to the political ideology of anarchism. He's not talking about any of that. What he talks about is what a certain someone, um, well, not a certain someone, a lot of certain someones would call the state of nature, which is how people, men, women, children, people, homo sapiens, would behave before the onset of civilization. You have basically two polar opposites. You have the you have Jean-Jacques Rousseau and his noble savage, which you may have heard as a literary trope. He made it literal, you know, that before there was civilization, people were... Because there was, like, some objective morality that people inherently understood. So so we are back, and we have had too many technical difficulties today. So what shall we say? Talking about, to wrap up the thought process really quick, we have, like, five yeah. minutes, yeah. and we want to wrap this up, so... Um, we were talking about Varandas and um, his thoughts on um, anarchy and whatnot. Basically... Yeah, yeah. In political philosophy, you have this trope of um, the noble savage yeah, and yeah. what is known as the state of nature, which is what is basically how homo sapiens, how man, how some homo sapiens, whoever it was before the onset of civilization. Yeah, and so yeah. that state of nature is what Varandas describes as anarchy here. He takes a very Hobbesian view, which is like Hobbes said that uh, the state of nature of man is war of all against all, which is a free for all. Everyone's killing one another. Like, there's no morals, there's no nothing, none of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which, okay, to be fair, Hobbes used as a justification for absolute monarchy, but whatever, we're not going to get into that now. Uh, but Varandus is like, no, we just screw that. That's stupid. We don't like that one. Uh, but we also don't like the idea of, um, you know, killing each other constantly. So we're just going to take a third way, which is just, um, 
neither of those things. Yeah. So, what are we gonna do? I don't know. <laughs> it left us bereft <laughs> and lost. So, that's when Gothos comes in and says, you know what, guys, it's fine, I'm gonna handle this, I've got this. And he becomes Lord of Hate and takes on their hate and everything and gives them purpose. So, in that sense, it's even more interesting, you know, but I don't think it's the right decision, per se, but it is a courageous decision, and it's one I can definitely respect, so. That is all I have to say in Gothel for the moment, because it's just one chapter, so we'll save that for later. And uh, unless Mora has anything to add, do you have anything to add? I particularly, no. But we have we have gone through this like over and over, so yeah. <laughs> Alright, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much for watching. Um, and thank you for your time, Lee. Thank you, Mora. Just, just, yeah, give me a minute. I just connected. It is still recording, though. I think it's recording mine too, but <laughs> let's just see. Anna? By the way, I should note, like, I don't necessarily agree with what I'm like putting forth We're in real life. We're arguing for the sake of arguing. It's fine. It's fine. So, you know, I'm just putting forth arguments. <laughs>